Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Happy Saturday. Thanks for joining us. Uh, no Will Darkens today. He is on a Hawaiian holiday. He has uh, skipped out on the continental United States and is enjoying uh, Kauai where it's flooding. <laughs> Apparently his family was freaking out all week uh, because there's floods. The whole north side of Kauai is flooding. He's going with his whole family and his uh, brother and mom start calling him. Dude, we didn't cancel the vacation. He's like, dude, we're on the south side of the island. Oh, I know, but but what if it goes into an emergency? What if they have to call in, uh, you know, the, the National Guard? And it's like, dude, they're already there. It's a flood. Freaking out all week. So he made it, as far as I know. I didn't didn't hear anything otherwise. Uh, so sitting in for Will Darkens, uh, we've got Joe Fisher. Joe, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's a pleasure. Always like it when you can uh, make that call to the, the bullpen, and I yeah. get that call. You're righty? I am. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Calling the, calling the uh, big imposing righty. <laughs> big and imposing. I wouldn't use the words from yeah, myself. Yeah, maybe not. But. Maybe not. Uh, Joe, how you been? How's your week going? It's been good. Uh, the sun's been out. Yeah. I can't, man, I have been waiting for this type of weather for too long. I know that last year, the snow and everything was really, really bad. And we had that, you know, couple stretch of weeks where it was really bad driving and just terrible yeah but for some reason this year has just taken its toll on me well because that's interesting right like when you get snow and ice at least there's a change it's a up, mix up and, yeah and it feels like winter we've just had gray yes forever a constant gray yeah that's i think those are the tougher winters yeah at least in my mind um but i see oh, yeah i've been i've been stoked i went to the zoo yesterday Ooh, with nice. uh the sisters and niece nephew and son and yeah. um Joe that was the, great. Joe, little Joe the Fourth. Yeah. Uh, saw, running around the zoo. Saw some bears fighting. The black bears were like play fighting, but, you know, nice. it looked like they wanted to rip them each other to shreds. So. I think they could if they wanted to. Yeah, been good. It's been a good week. Been solid. I got to go to the zoo once where they threw out, like, the fresh carcass for the lions. Yeah, they had some carcass going for the wild African dogs yesterday. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, they throw it out. It's like a calf carcass. And when they <laughs> throw it out fresh and you've got a bunch of hungry lions or if, if, if the African dogs got it, dude, that is an absolute trip. Because you just go, man, something happened to that cage? <laughs> Done in a second. <laughs> exactly and the key is if you're at the zoo and you're getting run down by a wild animal you don't have to be faster than the wild animal you just have to be faster than the people around you so if you can trip an elderly person or push down a child or something <laughs> to safety wait no maybe that's not right no but i, I hey the but child's easy prey it's small. bring bring somebody with you that's slower than you right that's shove all. them down <laughs> Well, if they're slower than you, you don't have to shove them down. Hey, then you uh, don't look bad. Hey, Chris Carter said, everybody needs a fall guy. 
a literal fall guy. So in the zoo, when a giant cat yeah. gets out, got to have your fall guy ready for oh, you. Oh, man. Holy I'm out of here. Yeah, my, my wife and I, uh, we've got season passes to the zoo. We only went for zoo lights so far, but we've got the twins, and they're um, – kind of maniacs so we're trying to figure it out where we can both go because they'll run in two different directions gotcha i was gonna say they're definitely over one oh yeah there's 17 months officially somebody's giving me a hard time about using months this week oh they're like oh you're one of those people i go yeah i am and you know what i've decided i'm just gonna do it until they're 40 like i'm just gonna keep going (laughs) like just like the only reason people are mad is because they can't do math hold on let me pull the calculator out real quick yeah so i don't know what the normal line is i think it's two where you really stop doing yeah like you go now they're two and they can be a two-year-old i'm just gonna keep it going just because it irritates people so i'm just gonna keep rolling with it break it down into weeks and days oh that's not a bad idea well it was funny because i that's that was kind of the comment they got back and you know i mean you remember your kid's like these are our first two children born at pretty much at the same time but yeah i remember the exact time of day and weight and you know obviously you remember the day but yeah i could go back and calculate out the days and month and i started doing that uh for my friend they did not appreciate it very much so. at that point though within the first two years of life in yep. a human's life the months do make a difference oh for sure i got uh, yeah. my, my niece and nephew they're both two Yep, but they're six months apart, and it's noticeable. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah, definitely. So when people say the months thing, saying someone is one when they're, uh, like, a month away from being two, Yeah, that's kind of a bit different. Well, and just, I mean, honestly, you come home, and it's like from, from day to day, they're picking up new little fun activities or whatever. They learned this week to climb up on the windowsill. It's about two and a half feet maybe Perfect. off the ground. But they grab the lip of the window, pull themselves up on there, oh, and just they can get up. They can't really get down without falling off of it, so it's terrifying. But it's like every day you come home and they have a new scrape or bump or, you know, big old welt on their head. It's like, what happens? Like, just can't watch them both all the time. <laughs> every day Gosh. but yeah we've got a we've got a first birthday today for my my cousin's uh little girl so we're Perfect. gonna be going up there today so they'll both be one but they won't be baby birthday baby birthday really for the parents so uh i see you've got your cowboys hat on it's a very exciting week we've got the nfl draft coming up uh but before we get to anything i want to do a quick week in review for anything that people missed this week i just wanted to hit on some stories that we won't have a ton of time to talk about in the show but i just wanted to share uh we'll start with lance armstrong um i don't know if you saw this uh joe but he was uh he was facing a 100 million dollar uh civil lawsuit a fraud case from the u.s justice department so they're coming after him for 100 million dollars and he settled for 6.65 million that's a big difference in money sure 6.65 is a big hit on his 50 million dollar net worth but it's not 100 million dollars and just i think it proves once again that you know cheaters never win uh game three for the Cavs last night they were playing against the pacers i don't know if you saw this but uh lebron bought everybody a brand new suit I did. See yeah, that. I yeah. think he did that just because he couldn't buy new teammates. Holy cow. Ooh. 17 point lead. Oh, you need to get a better one. You need a rim shot or something after these. That's not going to work. That's the that's the crowd howling in laughter. <laughs> the Valero Texas Open. Sergio Garcia missed his tee shot a little bit to the left of the fairway. Threw his club into the woods. Oh, classy. Yeah, that combined with the uh, 13 that he shot at the Masters. It makes me feel like I could probably be a pro golfer. 
The only problem is the pro golfer would be a Sergio Garcia. Oh. Like, would you trade for that if you could? Oh, howling and laughter again. Uh, Kevin Hart sighting. Kevin Hart now the biggest sports fan in Philadelphia. His first sighting when the uh, Eagles win the Super Bowl. His second sighting when the Sixers start winning playoff games. I'm not sure if he wasn't there when the Sixers were bad or that nobody watched and he's so small. If they did, they wouldn't see him. I don't know. 55305. I don't know if these jokes are good or bad, but Joe seems to like them. 55305, if they're terrible, we'll keep doing this bit. If not, we will stop. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was announced as a part owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. Do you think he took the time to ask all the players if it was okay before he did that so he didn't upset anybody? <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Golden Knights swept the Kings this week. The Las Vegas Golden Knights are one of the feel-good stories in sports. The best performance a uh, new franchise has ever had in their first year. But the sad part for me is that means they're probably not going to be changing their names to the White Tigers. The White Tigers? The Las Vegas White Tigers? Oh, yeah. Definitely not. Okay. Yeah. Crowd, oh, likes, oh. It. crowd likes it. It took a second. Took a second. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the uh, New York Giants said they had no room for another wide receiver when Des Bryant was released. The next day, they released Brandon Marshall, and Twitter reacted just how we thought they would by tweeting at the Broncos linebacker. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Uh, I told you you were replaceable at B Marsh 54. Nice slam, guys. 54, linebacker number, not wide receiver number. That's not that difficult. Um, all right, a couple more. Uh, Mitch Moreland hit a grand slam last night. This is the fifth for the Red Sox this year. I saw that. That's ridiculous. No, what's ridiculous, five is more wins that more than the wins for the Reds, Royals, and White Sox. They don't even have five wins on the season. This is not even a joke. The Red Sox have five grand slams in 19 games. Um, I don't know whether to give that a cheering crowd or not, because no. my Orioles are also um, just have five wins. Yeah, so that that's... one was pretty bad. Uh, how about this one? There was a high school baseball game. Did you see this? Yes. 82 to nothing. 82 nothing. 82 nothing. And the high school that lost 82 to nothing still had a better week than the Portland Trailblazers. Ooh. No? Too soon? Too soon. Oh, come on. In, the, in, this, in this area. Well, here you go. The Blazers have been so bad this week, Portlanders all over the city started cheering for an imaginary baseball team. Oh. Uh, again. Uh, you're. Come oh, on. Oh, come on. Uh, how about this one? Another true story. The NFL came out with their schedule this week. And as you know, when people look at the schedule, you probably did with the Cowboys, they over predict the number of wins that their team will have every time. <laughs> well, Cowboys are uh, already going undefeated. This, is, this so. is a 100% true story. You can find this on uh, NBC Sports or uh, Pro Football Talk. The ESPN writers all got together and made predictions for all 32 teams. There's 256 games. The ESPN writers chose 289 wins total out of 256 games. All right, one more for the Blazers. I know they had an awful week, but we'll finish it with this one. Uh, they did win one award, and Damian Lillard, who's been struggling, was the winner of that. Uh, USA Today's uh, For the Win column gave him the award for Best Dad Joke of the Week. Ooh. You ready for the dad joke? I'm ready for the dad this joke. This is on Instagram. It is a picture of Damian Lillard playing against Utah. He's going up doing what looks like a sky hook. And here's Damian Lillard's dad joke. Uh, Damian Lillard, how do you like your coffee? And he says, with 
Kareem. That is great. That's how we'll end it. All right, that's what happened last week. We will get into what will happen next week and beyond, but we will start with the struggling Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, that's how we start next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. This is the Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. All right, that was the debut of the uh, This Week in Sports uh, one-liner segment. And uh, so far, rave reviews. Raymond says, come on, jokes. Uh, oh, come on, jokes. I can't even read. Uh, come on, Luke. Your jokes are always terrible. So I think that's a good start to things. Uh, and then let's see. Uh, apparently Drake is funnier than Kevin Hart, uh, but the jokes went pretty well, better than Kevin Hart, because he's never made me laugh, someone comments. so. And Joe, you liked it. You said it went pretty well. So yes. He's just winging it. It's yes. a little bizarre doing jokes in a room by yourself, because you never know how they're going to land. So uh, we'll keep that going. We'll give it a try next week. Well, you heard the crowd. I mean, yeah, they were. that was quite the ovation. Howling in laughter. I'll, t- I'll tell you, there was, themselves. I, had, I had one crowd that had an ovation. So for those that don't know, I did stand up for, I don't know, too many years and uh, had some success. I wasn't, obviously you haven't heard of me as a stand up, but you're listening to me now. So I must have some entertainment value. But I did a show in Wilmington, North Carolina. It was at a 300-seat theater. It wasn't the biggest crowd that I ever performed for, but it was a theater that had the vertical seating, so everything just went straight up. And it was a it was a place for stage performances, so the crowd was a little ways back. Like, it was a huge stage. So you come out and you do that big stroll out, you know, where there's probably 40 feet from the edge of the stage to the center. It's just a single microphone. The place is pitch black. All you can see is the lights looking back at you. So I throw out my first joke. And my first joke always was kind of intentionally a little off-putting so that, like, it would it would just catch people off guard. And that was the idea. Of it. You, one of those jokes where you would just get kind of a pause, then, a, oh, all right. I see what you're doing there. I always did that on purpose. But for whatever reason, these guys just loved it. And because of the way the crowd was, it actually pushed me back. When I heard it laugh, it was the best set I ever did. If I could play to that crowd for the rest of my life, I'd be a happy man. But kind of gives me chills just even remembering it back. So a little contrast from uh, throwing jokes to you and then you having the delayed pushing the crowd button, Joe. <laughs> no offense. I mean, I appreciate the effort. But anyways, I'm just stalling because I don't want to talk about the Blazers. But I know oh, that at some point we have to. Um, so uh, I'll let you start. On how, Me? how your week as a fan went, because I'll, I'll give you I'll give you mine, but I'd, I'd like to hear your perspective because it's it's been it's been ugly. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, this is your show. This is your time to shine. But, you know, I guess I am filling in. Um, this is very reminiscent of back in 2009 when they played the Rockets in the first round. I had uh, this was about as excited for a series I'd been since then. Okay. Um, felt like it was a good matchup, felt good about the team going into the playoffs, and almost immediately into the series, you feel like all hope was lost. Uh, the Rockets did that in game one. I think Yao Ming had like 20 points in the first quarter of game one of that series, and you were like, okay, so this is not what I was expecting at all. And it's just snowballed game after game into something that's turned into something uncontrollable, a 3-0 series lead. Yeah. Granted, and if you want to take history into the side of things, the only team that's ever came back from 3-0 to force a Game 7 is the Portland Trailblazers. But that's 20 years removed. It has no bearing on today. Yeah. And the way that these games have been going, you do not have any faith or hope that that is going to happen. 
Yeah, I don't I don't have much hope for tonight's game. I mean, well, this afternoon's game, two o'clock. But um I, I don't expect the Blazers to win, and I'd be shocked if they if they won a game in this series, just with the effort we saw on Thursday. Um, but for me, I, I went to game one, I was at the game, and it felt like the Blazers couldn't have played worse, and they still had a chance at the end. Right. Game two, you kind of saw the same thing where it's like, all right, well, the, the Blazers had something going at times, maybe the game's close at the end, and there's a little flurry by the the Pelicans at the end, but it was it was all the missed loose balls and just the effort plays. And and I think that carried over to Thursday's game where you just like, man, I don't I, I don't know if they've broken the will of this team or what it is. But I think that this series is in in some ways kind of a culmination of what we've watched over the last three, four years with the Blazers. Because since LaMarcus left, you've had Damian Lillard leading this team. The first year, you have an overachieving bunch. Then you come back, and you've got expectations now, and you made some offseason moves, and you overspent for some guys. And the Blazers, what what did, uh, what was a prediction that Neil Olshay made? That, you know, with, with Al Farouk Aminu at the four, this is a 55-win team or whatever he said. Yeah, so he came out. So, so that... You have a team with no expectations. Then you have a team with expectations. They underperform to those expectations. You get the Nurk fever thing going where you kind of get some momentum. He gets hurt. You get into the playoffs. You get bounced by the Golden State Warriors. And then this year, you had a team that was really underwhelming, right? Everybody comes in. I think it was another year of high expectations where you have the Blazers team that is kind of projected to be great. Through October, November, they're good. December, they're awful. January, they're bad. They start to get something going a little bit in February. You hit a 13-game win streak after the All-Star break. You come in, and you get that three seed. But the three seed is one game better than the six seed. It's two games better than the eight seed. It's not this. I don't think it was a dominant performance that put them in the three seed. I think it was just the way things shook out. They kind of lucked into it because even when they were playing Utah, they knew they had home court advantage in that final game of the season, right? So the Blazers have been this team that they've given us little glimpses of hope but that hope has never been for a championship. It's never been this team's ceiling. They just won 13 straight games. This team's going to win a championship. They got Nurk. They have Nurk fever. They're going to win a championship. They outperform their expectation. They're going to win. It's never been that. It's always been they can compete. They might be able to make it to the second round. Yeah. I think this just proves that the Blazers do not have an upside beyond what we've seen. And I think if anything, this shows the fans of the Portland Trail Blazers. I think it shows the ownership. I think it shows the management of the Portland Trail Blazers. And I think it shows nationally that this team can't win the way that they're constructed. And they're not going to just add one or two pieces and develop their bench players and turn into something. They need to shake something up. And if that's getting rid of C.J. McCollum or if that's going out and, and just kind of unloading Maybe we see a tank near year next year. I don't know what their plans are going to be. I think it starts with the front office. I think Neil O'Shea is gone. I think Terry Stotts should be worried about his job in Portland. I think he's probably a top 10 coach, and I don't think he necessarily deserves to go. But if you get rid of management, usually you bring in a new era, and, and the guy wants to do things his way. I think this shows what what's happening right now against the Pelicans is that you need to blow this team up. I think that's what we're seeing. If you want to win. Now, now again, 
is it good enough for the Portland fans? Is it good enough for Paul Allen to be a team that makes it to the playoff and maybe makes it to the second round? If it is, we're not going to see any changes. But if you want to go out and compete for a championship, it, you're going to have to do things drastically different than the way you do it. Now, I'm not in, I'm not a guy that's saying you need to go out and tank because I hate that. Right. But but I, th- I think you need to go out and just go, hey, we're trading everybody but Dame. Show me what you got. We need to have a different team. My initial emotional reaction to game three after it all went down basically was, you know, if you would have told me that Blazers 13 game win streak, get the Northwest division, get home court, get the three seed. I like you said, it's only a game or two separation between the seeding, but getting the three seed behind Golden State and Houston, who are easily the top two teams in the West. It says something a little bit to be right behind just those two teams. Sure. But it, what, they weren't right behind those two teams. Right. They never had a shot at as hitting far as games. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. but to have that all being said and then to give out this performance, I mean, yeah. what, what else could you ask for with teams like Houston and Golden State? Like, hey, hell yeah, we'll take the three seed in sure. Northwest Division in yeah. home court. And then you give us this, um, yeah. the three, uh, 3 0 series deficit and the performance. Such a, it almost. My initial just hot take freak out reaction was like, this is what you're going to give us, then get rid of everybody and get, yeah. and just blow it up. Because if this is what you're going to give us on the court in a playoff round, round one matchup where it matters to a team that everybody thought you would beat, yep. go on the ESPN prediction, predictions and you can see it. Yep. Um, then why would I want to continue trying to support this team if they're just going to give me fool's gold? Well, and, and I'm not saying you don't, I don't think and they could be a piece or two away and yeah. that could be very well true. Um, but we also say a playoff performance might lure someone, a free yep. agent, someone mm-hmm. is this really in, you know, maybe there is a big, a center power forward out there. That's like, wow, they need some help. Or that small forward is like, oh, I could definitely, definitely be that third guy that could bail these two out. They need that help. You know, but what at por- this point. You. Why would you want to go to Portland? You know what Portland needs, though? I don't think I, – yes, of course, if you can go out and get a superstar, that'd be fantastic. If you can get a perennial all-star to come and add to your team, they'll be better. Yeah, we right. know all that crap. But the, the idea of actually going out and get somebody is fairly unrealistic. And I realize that Oklahoma City added a couple, but it didn't make your team that much better. Watched, obviously, every second of game one because of that, the game. I watched every second of game two. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't even watch game three. I got home, I got busy with the kids, and I tur- I went and checked the score at halftime, and then I was going to get home and set up to watch the game. They were down 17 at, after or 16 after one. They are down 17, I think, at that point in the third quarter where I looked at it, and it was going the wrong direction. And I kept checking the score, and they never gave me a compelling reason to turn that game on. No, I, I, was, I had it on to start yeah. with, and then it turned into something bad very, very quickly. Yeah. So I was in and out of the backyard, keeping an eye on it. And yeah, it was, it was, I don't definitely blame you at all for not watching. Any well, it's just, they, again, when you're, when you're down almost 20 points and some points at over 20 points, why, why would I turn it on? And I just, I had other things, I had family things going on for sure. But I, I think, I think I've figured it out because I did go back. I read all the stories. I watched all the highlights. I tried to, I tried to key on it. I, I think I figured out what the problem with the Blazers is and a way you can fix this team without adding LeBron James. We'll have to do that. Do you want to do it next? Maybe we'll do it in the second hour. But but I'll give you my thought on that. But right now, we got to get to the news. This is the Center in the Saint on 1080 The Fan. 
Right now, I imagine Will Darkens is on a Jurassic Park tour on the beautiful island of Hawaii. So we got Joe Fisher in with us. Very happy about that. Are you? Nah, not really. You and I have never got Not that much of a change of pace, is it? Well, I don't like Will, and I don't like you much better, so, oh, yeah, it's perfect. pretty much the same thing. Uh, and that's got to be even worse, because uh, Will's in a beautiful, gorgeous place, and you're in a beautiful, gorgeous place for now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it could rain at any moment. I, I'm I'm over getting jealous of people going to Hawaii, just because I've, I've been absolutely spoiled. So my wife and I, when we first got married, we lived there for a year, and then we'd probably go back every 18 months or so to visit. And at this point, when we go to visit, we have enough friends and family that live there God. that we get spoiled rotten. So I'm over getting jealous. Damn you. But I think I've made you jealous, and you're already jealous of Will. So. Well, I, my uh, family lived there for about five years before I was born. <laughs> and, and then I, took out there like, well, Joe, Joe, the third's on his way. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. Let's go to the like complete <laughs> polar opposite of Hawaii. Two of my sisters were born there. They have no recollection of it, but I still uh, hold it against them. I'm like BS. You were born yeah. there. You were there for years on end. Yeah. All right. I have never been, I need to catch up. Okay. So yeah. my aunt still lives there. I'm actually trying to plan something. So I, you've can. never been, I have never been. Oh, and I buddy. need to, I, I'm trying to get to Maui and spend some time there at yeah. some point. Yeah. So. We lived on Maui. It was great. Yeah. Lodging would be taken care of. My Ooh, aunt already buddy. said, so. yeah. Yeah. You need to take a good cut. Co- I'm not even kidding for your first visit. Take, take a solid two weeks. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you'll, it, what, if you get to a week, you'll be like, I, I can't leave. There's so many things I want to do. There's a, especially with free lodging. Yeah. Take a full two weeks. Uh, would be my, I think there's like four people that live in the building that live in the building that work in this building that lived in Hawaii at some point. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, probably about that. Um, all right, so I wanted to get some of your thoughts. Uh, we're talking about the Blazers. Um, right, where did I want to start? Oh, every team in the NBA is one piece away from championships, but LeBron can't go to every team. Fun thought. Imagine uh, Melo, Carmelo Anthony had come here and been stumbling around in the middle of this fiasco series. So at least that didn't happen. Well, that's a fair thought. Yeah. Remember also the two biggest uh, voices of getting Carmelo to Portland again. Who was that? Uh, Will Darkens. <laughs> and who was it? Damon, Damon C. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're not – well, and, and it was – it was like puppy dogs, like pawing at it, like little brother. Go, come on, guys! It'd be great if you came over here and got to play with us. We sure would be a good time, and, and we're so neat out here. We've got we've got good food, and it doesn't rain. It doesn't rain the whole time, and Portland's really neat. And it, like, <laughs> shut up, guys! They're just photoshopping pictures of him on here. And, and just, at no time did Carmelo Anthony ever give any indication. But it's like every time CJ photoshops something, ah, check it out, guys! It'd be great if you could come out and play with us. Uh, yeah, that was embarrassing. If they're okay, and this is more embarrassing. And I, embarrassing. I, I won't hit on it too much, but I think it was more so. Hey, Carmelo, sure, we'll take him. Yeah. We'll take anybody. For God's sake, that's, just get us some help. Yeah, that kind of kind of felt a little bit this way. Uh, here's a three part breakdown from uh, one listener. Uh, one roster built to win forty. Uh, two Dame completely hit a physical and mental wall after carrying the franchise for six years. Three punched in the mouth in game one and two, and the rest of the team lost belief. The team has no interest in playing in game five. Time to trade CJ, rebuild, and tap out until the Golden State Warriors reign is over. Wow. Yeah, it's eating the burbs. I mean, that's 
I mean, kind of echoes what I was saying, but, but here's, here's the thing that I noticed about this Blazers team. And I, I picked up on this when they announced uh, the opening lineups for the Blazers uh, and the, and the Pelicans game two. Cause I'm kind of looking at it. There's a couple guys on our roster that aren't the most attractive people. Al Farouk Aminu, like, Evan Turner. Like physically in the face? In the physically, physically in the face. Well, that's not nice. Okay, but tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, Al Farouk Aminu is probably, I wouldn't call him a stunner. <laughs> would you Would you agree a with that? A lady killer? I'm not going to comment. Okay, uh, well, okay. okay. <laughs> so so anyway, so I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Evan Turner, who's got his eyes are a little far apart. I'm looking at <laughs> CJ, who he's got, a, he's got a scowl on his face, nurks a he's little He's got cross-eyed. a diastema, the gap between the two teeth. That's what that's called, a little, little bit of a gap. Uh, yeah, but he had a scowl, is what I was saying. Oh. Just the, the expression that he had in his face, trying to look tough, because DJ trying to look tough guy was was fun. And then uh, and then Nurk was a little cross-eyed in the picture, and I'm looking at them, and then I look at the <laughs> and then I look at the Pelicans guys, and you've got uh, oh, the, they're much better with the unibrow. No, they're not. <laughs> they, they look. They got the brow. They got Rajon Rondo, whose head is uh, Drew Holiday is a good looking guy. Sure, but I, I, was look, I was looking at the two rosters, and I, I had the thought that occurred to me. I was like, which one of these teams looks more like the Monstars? <laughs> like, this is what pops into my head. And I didn't, I didn't linger on it too long. But then you get into the game, and they start playing. The Blazers do not look like the Monstars at all. They don't look physically imposing. No. Nurkic tried to come out, and everybody watch out for bad boys. This is what we do. We're bad boys. <laughs> and nobody really believed it when he said it, but you hoped that Nurk would come back healthy. And everybody watch out for me. I punch people in the face if I have to. I'm a tough guy. But he never really had it. And you see the way he finishes at the rim, and you just want to just kind of throw down on somebody. He never really does. Well, watch Rick- my intimidating bunny hop. <laughs> Watch out for this. I make slight <laughs> move to the right, and then I try to float it over the top of you. You better watch out for me. So then you have uh, Al Farouk Aminu, who is he's long and he's lean and he, he's a good defender, but whatever. He doesn't scare anybody. There's nobody on the Portland roster that scares anybody. I was talking with somebody else about this earlier this week, and it's their word, but the closest you get to anybody be physically imposing on the Blazers roster is you have Ed Davis, who can be pesky. Mm-hmm. Pesky. That's about the extent you can get to with the the domination that the Blazers are supposed to throw down on people. So maybe we were fooled with Rose City colored glasses looking at this team going, all right, they can win and they can get in the playoffs. But there's nobody on that team. And you look across the, the, the court and look at the Pelicans. Anthony Davis is a freak. Rajon Rondo turns into playoff Rondo and he's imposing. Uh, you, you don't even have Boogie Cousins playing and and Miritich, the way he steps out and can shoot at six foot ten, you're not going to stop him. Drew Holiday has been a beast the way that he plays defense. The Blazers don't need to go out and add a superstar, I don't think. What they need to go is they need to add more guys like Wade Baldwin, guys that just want to go out and play defense and get in your kitchen. I'm not even kidding. Just have a second unit. Have a second unit that will meet the guys at half court and pester them. Dame's a great player, but he he has no relief from anything. Go out and get guys. Remember how Dennis Rodman used to play? 
You never thought he was going to score a single point in the game, but the guy could get 30 rebounds if he wanted to, and he'd elbow you in the face, and he'd be intimidating. The guy won five championships. I mean, he won two before he even got to the Bulls, so you can't give Jordan all the credit. I mean, the bad boy Pistons weren't a collection of all-stars. They were guys that would go out and punch in the neck, and there's (sighs) nobody on the Blazers team that you're worried about punching in the throat. Okay, and I I hear what you're saying. I just don't know if uh, Wade Baldwin might be the best comparison, but I definitely hear you're saying there's a there's a certain uh kind of grittiness that you don't see and with I'm, this team and i'm not saying replace damon cj with two wade baldwins what i'm saying though is if you're confident that your guys are gonna if is zach collins gonna be a, a, an all-star player at some point in the future can nurk be your starting center sure but guess what you can't have a guy that's long and lanky like alfreka mooney's Al Farouk Aminu as your other guy. Chief's just not going to do it. Just get somebody out there that's going to go and knock people down. I don't know if you can flip a switch on that mutant that is Myers Leonard, but just have him go out and just throw elbows. Remember when he got in a fight with Boogie Cousins? That's the only player that he ever gets in a fight with. Yeah, <laughs> but he needs to be the aggressor on that, and everybody should fight with Myers Leonard. He should be put out there. You need a goon. You just need a frigging goon. And, yeah. and the reason I say that is because guess what? It's a lot easier to add guys like Wade Baldwin and Myers Leonard goon version that I've imagined in my head than it is to go out and get superstars. Uh, You're not going to be able to go and get a big collection of all-stars, but you can get a bunch of guys that are are leading the G League and technical fouls. Get a couple of those guys and throw them on the roster. Evan Turner kind of plays a little bit of this role, but it's... But he doesn't, though. I mean, he, he is... He could. He's does, He's not. He doesn't back down. Evan Turner is I'll, not one of those. I'll give the, you that, but you see him. He's play. a veteran. He likes to chirp. He's, yeah, you see him and, and uh, Drew Holiday playing buddy-buddy. We played three years together with the Sixers when they were all more yeah. good friends. They're hugging and they're high-fiving and they're they're on the opposite team. I don't care if he's your buddy. When the whistle blows, punch him in, in the, the ear court, hole. Yeah, yeah. Come on. No, I hear you. There's definitely a um, there, lack of toughness and yeah. uh, somewhat grittiness to this team that you would have liked to see yeah. long ago because Nurk even put it out there. That's what we want to be bad boys. Not so much. Everybody watch out. All right, we go to good versus evil. That is next. This is Sinner and Saint on 1080 Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. I had it, sorry, and I'll let it go because I'm an idiot. And I, I, that's why I'm sitting here kicking myself to no end about Portland. I thought they were overrated. I should have yeah. picked New Orleans, and I didn't because I'm gutless. And as good as New Orleans has been, it's hard to tell just how good they really are because Portland is that bad. Yeah. And so it's hard to gauge New Orleans in their next series, uh, you know, likely against Golden State. So it's 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 hard to figure, uh, you know, what we might see there. But you know, they're going to cruise, and they'll probably finish this thing in four because Portland, quite frankly, now, they has, just heard has what no I said. Guts. Maybe they got to win four straight. Maybe. Okay. Wow. Um, just a beaming review of the Blazers this series, and the Blazers have been so bad that Mel Kuyper took time out of the draft week analysis to comment on how bad 
the Blazers are. Um, honestly, I feel like that's just right for uh, their performance that these two on the Saturday show on draft week would make that comment. Um, but what say you? Because honestly, they are completely fine in saying that because they have stunk. Well, and, and the, the thing that I grabbed onto from that clip is, is Darien Oak is right. How do, how do you know how good these Pelicans are? Yeah. Are the Pelicans playing good or are the Blazers playing bad? So now if, if the Pelicans go on and continue a run and win an NBA championship, does that make you feel better? Do you start rooting <laughs> hey, for the, do you start swept by the NBA champion yeah, hey, Pelicans, listen, man? Listen, if, if they go and take their crown at the top, I think because like, that's what we did last year. They hey, got that's swept what in the, the first round, but it was to the Warriors, <laughs> so we're okay with that. It's, now, now I don't see that happening, but I didn't see this happening. So what the hell do I know? It's like when we uh, played the Mavericks a few years back, the, or the uh, Blazers played them, and uh, then they went to win the championship. Hey, we took them to six games. That's better than anybody else did that whole playoff. So yeah. that means we're the second best yeah. in the NBA. So, so, so quick, quick follow-up question. Do you start rooting for the Pelicans as soon as the series is over? I think you have to. <laughs> there you go. You can sit up there and talk about trust the process all you want to. It's a national disgrace. It's anti-American. It's counterproductive and counterintuitive to everything that this great nation prides itself on when it comes to the world of sports. You all who love and trust the process should be ashamed of your damn selves. Y'all make me sick. Every one of you. Every one of you. Trust the process. Trust the process. Then they start chanting it when I'm at the arena at the Wells Fargo Center. I swear I want to pick up something and throw it at every fan who screams that. So y'all make me sick. Uh, so Who first, first of all, we apologize. <laughs> Who was uh, that? If was your that? ears are bleeding from the, the anger of Stephen A. Smith's voice, my God, t- drink some tea, some mother's milk or something like that. He's like, a Philadelphia come, guy. I'm with him. He, he needs to relax. And yeah, I guess you are right. That is Philly for you. Um, but that was, uh, Stephen A. talking about trust the process and how it's a load of crap. Well, that load of crap, uh, has you a pretty good team now. So I think the process worked out just fine. Yeah, the process also. Uh, what say you? Because <laughs> I honestly. Well, think- the, the, the process won 26 games uh, as the best mark over the last four years. So I understand what he's saying. You have to remember Joe Embiid was drafted, what, 2014? Played, what, 17 games over two years before he actually got into a lineup? Three years, maybe? Uh, ben Simmons missed his entire first season. Markel Fultz missed most of this season. They lucked into a lot of the picks. The only reason they got Embiid is because nobody wanted to take him because he had a broken foot when he was drafted. I mean, they, they have been absolutely awful. I'm not certain that I would trade the last four years of what we had, even though I just went through the Blazers up and down and the little roller coaster that we've been on. The Sixers have been awful. I don't know how you give somebody that much time. I've been very vocal about it, and I don't know how to feel that I'm on the same side of the argument as Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, I totally wouldn't want to have players like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid on uh, the Portland Trail Blazers either. Okay, if you could be awful for the next four years, but you'd win a championship in 2026, you'd take it? Yes. Sign me up any day of the week. If you're guaranteeing me at least that I can enjoy a championship at some point in my in my future, and, and we sign don't, me the hell but up. But we don't know that they'll win a championship. So if Philadelphia wins a championship, then you can say the process worked, but they're, they're, they're not guaranteed of anything. Hey, right they now. got some good young talent to do so. Yeah, we'll see. The collectible is part of a 407 card set distributed in 1952. It was a high number card that didn't reach the top's distribution chain before the 52 season ended. That meant only a relatively few cards were in stores with the rest dumped at sea. 
So that was a clip from CNNBC about a Mickey Mantle rookie card that just recently sold. Uh, I know that you have the number on top of your head. I saw it this morning, uh, but it was sold so high, most in part because the cards couldn't be put into the packages before the season started or something. And then they also got rid of all the extra ones by tossing them in the middle of the ocean. $2.88 million. And I think the best part of this whole story is, for some reason, Evan Mathis, far, former Philadelphia Eagle, had this card and sold it for yeah nearly $3 million. So, yeah, he sold it to buy a house. Wow. He sold, he sold what is it, a two-by-three-inch piece of paper with a guy's picture on it and a signature he sold it for 2.88 million dollars it's insane i think i saw that he bought it three years ago for 525 thousand. oh wow uh, yeah these relics these relics are absolutely insane to me that people would pay that much money for it but again they apparently yeah like you said dumped them in the ocean so you get that. I, I can't imagine having something hidden in my basement worth that much money, but I, apparently they exist hey, down there. That is a return on investment there, you know. I tell you what, at some point you think the market would fall out for that, but we'll, we'll keep an eye out in three years and see how much that sells for. And the other way, Murray with a couple seconds left. And- <laughs> Sorry, that... That kills me. That was a live TNT footage, I'm sure. <laughs> live footage from uh, the Spurs-Warriors game the other night. Uh, slightly exaggerated uh, <laughs> because you couldn't quite hear the dunk as well as you would like. One more time. One more time. And the other way, Murray with a couple seconds left. And- so that that is- sound that you hear at the end of that is the Spurs' meaningless dunk in a blowout game putting the two teams total points over the Vegas over. And that is basically collective minds blowing up across Vegas that took the under. Are you a sports gambler at all? I don't. I'm very much close to getting into it. I have a buddy who is a, is a bad influence on me whenever I talk to him about this stuff. So yeah, this is, yeah, I know the inner workings. This is the reason you don't do it. When yes. I, yes. When I, when I lived in Vegas, I had a buddy that uh, his job was to bet baseball. Like he decided that he was going to take, Oof. he took two years off from having a job and all he did was bet baseball. He'd use the off season to travel and do a little bit. But I'm not even kidding you. He showed me his system that he had. And he set up spreadsheet after spreadsheet. He had algorithms. He had, well, and he would watch weather patterns. He would watch rotations, right-handers against left-handers, how many days rest, what the temperature at the start was, day game versus night game. I mean, he he put in during the season. I'm not even kidding. He put in 12-hour days. He would pick three games a day, and he would bet around $10,000 a game because he would take low margin victories because those are the ones that his formula told him is worth it. So it's like when you take these big long shot bets, obviously those are going to pay out, but you can't win those on a regular basis. Right. So for anybody that's ever thinking that sports gambling will be fun, this guy was the most exhausted dude. And when he finally stopped doing it, he's like, dude, I don't know if I can watch baseball again. It was just, you end up watching, you don't watch the sport for fun. You watch it and you, you try to figure out all these you know, just tricks to figure out what's going to happen next. And God, it looked awful. And drive yourself insane in the process. Yeah. So if you do, if you do decide that you're going to be a sports gambler, Joe, my recommendation, 
do it for fun. You should have taken the Golden Knights before the playoffs started or even better before the season started because those guys, if they keep winning, that's going to be an insane payoff. Uh, they won't, though, because they're going to run into my Sharks, and um, you know the feel-good story will come to an end. How many Sharks uh, Stanley Cups in the last decade? Oh, well, zero. Because the Kings had two, and they just swept them. So they they went through one organization that has had some recent success. Past so. results have no bearing on today, sir. All right. Well, uh, would you would you maintain your fandom for the Sharks if there was an NHL team in Portland? Uh, probably not. What about your baseball team? It'd be tough. I love my Orioles, but... Well, We'll do, we'll do that next. Okay. All right. You're listening to the center and the saint. We'll talk Portland to base, Portland to baseball or baseball to Portland next center and saint 1080 the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <laughs> 